Hi, everybody. Welcome to the I Think This Is Love podcast. I'm your host, Cherie, and today with me is Kristen, my boss. Kristen! Hello! Kristen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. I don't feel like I'm all that interesting of a person, so I'll tell you the boring, normal things. I have a husband that I love and I'm married to. I think that will be relevant to this podcast about relationships. I have two awesome kids. I live in Michigan. I lived in New York. I work in a college and have for a long time. I like to sew. That's about it. Great. Amazing. Okay, Kristen, can you give us your status update? This is just your relationship status and how you feel about it. I feel great about it. I've been married since 2001. 18 years. All right. We're good. Amazing. All right, so we are going to go on a friend date. This is just uh, a series of semi-personal questions and you just answer to the best of your ability. So. If you had an autobiography, what would be the title? Organized Chaos. And why is that? Because I feel like that's what my life is. Just a little chaotic, just a little crazy, just a little bit organized. And I want it to be kind of crazy, but I also want a little bit of control. Yeah, amazing. Okay, in a movie about your life, which actress would play you? (laughs) Um, uh, The first person who comes to mind is Kate Winslet, and I don't really know why. Probably because I think we might look a little bit alike. Amazing. And then who would play your love interest and her co-star? I forgot his name. Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yes! <laughs> we taught it, I know. I don't know! <laughs> um, yeah, just for everyone listening, this is the second time we're going through the first few questions because normally I record in the library, but we had to move recording locations. So, anyway. Only child or sibling? Siblings. Older brother. I have older brother. So you're the baby. Mm-hmm. Amazing. All right. If your life had a soundtrack, what would be the theme song? Closer to Fine by the Indigo Girls. Do you want to sing a few bars? Because it's my favorite. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, don't I don't want to sing a few bars. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Why? Because I like hiking. I like being outside, and I just generally don't like anything about a beach, like water, sand, or sun. Yeah. So. All right. It's not a good place for me. <laughs> um, okay, so you can think back to when you were dating or now or whatever, um, but what was the most attractive and least attractive trait in someone you were looking to date? Least attractive is, like, it's all kind of attitude, like arrogance, know-it-all, really talks a lot. Yeah. Don't like that. And so I think that I um, what is attractive is, like, the mysterious Kind of, I don't know everything about you, quiet, but kind. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then, how would you define a date? Oh, I guess two people hanging out with, well, I don't know. Okay, technical term, going on a romantic date. Somebody has to ask somebody else to go get to know each other and hang out. Okay. So, it has to be an invitation and everyone needs to know that this is a potential something interest. Okay. So it doesn't count if you don't, if you're not clear. Not an official date. I don't think so. Okay. You could be hanging out and then it could turn into, and you could kind of have had dates before you realized you were having dates. But an official date, I think, needs the expectations put on it. Yeah. All right. Amazing. Okay. So if you had to ask someone out on a date right now, how would you do it and what would you say? I don't believe I'm going to say this. I'd probably text. Really? I know. You're a texter? <laughs> I'm not. Well, I mean, texting wasn't a thing when I was dating. 
I didn't even have a cell phone when I was dating. Yeah, so, so back then, like, if you would have well, asked back someone. Back then, back then, it would have been like, hey, you want to go see a movie or <laughs> do this thing? I mean, I I met Josh in high school, though, so then it was like mm. talking after school before play practice. Wow. And like, hey, and. I didn't I, realize you were theater kids. Mm-hmm. Both of you? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. That's wow. how we talked the second what, time. What show was it? We both auditioned for Cheaper by the Dozen, and I got a part, and he didn't. He was kind of an understudy, so he was there a little bit, but he was in the soccer team, so we were both staying after school for different things. And then we were both in Fiddler on the Roof together. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. But Precious. we weren't dating when we were in Fiddler on the Roof. We had broken up. Oh, oh, oh! I did not realize. Okay, we will get into this <laughs> later. Okay, can you describe like your dream date? This could be mm. as elaborate or as simple as you want. I think this is so funny. Like it changes over time, right? Like right now, my dream date is like going to a good restaurant without our children, <laughs> and talking some, but also being silent and maybe going to a movie. That sounds pretty awesome. But I don't think that's a good, like, I'm getting to know you date at all because. Well, it doesn't matter if it's talk. a getting to know you date. It's just a whatever oh, your dream date is. It's true, true. That's interesting to me, the part that you mentioned about, um, like, talking some but having, like, silence. Because I feel like generally when people talk about silence, it's in the context of, like, are you comfortable with silence? Mm-hmm. And I feel like there is a difference between, like, yeah, I'm okay with silence and it's fine if we're sitting in silence versus, like, I would actually enjoy Mm-hmm. For there to be silence. And I think with people or in romantic relationships, it's I, how comfortable am I in the relationship? Mm. It's 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 like, yeah, I can be comfortable with silence, but I am comfortable with Josh in silence because it, we're just, I just know I, enough about what he is and who we are together and, and what we're both thinking that it doesn't, I'm not second guessing anything when there's silence. Yeah. It's, we're being silent and... And right now we don't have a ton to talk about besides work and kids. And and you talk about that for a little bit, but you don't always want to talk about that. So sometimes silence is okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, again, thinking about, like, when you were dating or just now, um, what is a non-negotiable in relationships for you? Integrity. Kind of being who you say you are and doing it and not um, – not yeah, not lying about that, not being untruthful about that, and having some kind of consistency in who you are as a person. Yeah, for sure. This is definitely thinking back. So thinking back to, like, high school, <laughs> when you were dating, when you were into somebody, what were the telltale signs that you were into them? So if I'm looking at you, I'm like, oh, Kristen is definitely into this guy. Like, probably giggling and not, like – not really being able to say much about him, but just kind of like, I'd probably blush and giggle. <laughs> Amazing. Mm-hmm. And say like, oh, no, 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 no. They don't like me. No, no, no. <laughs> just downplaying no. it. Yeah. No, I'm not. No. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. This feels like an obvious question, but I usually ask it. Have you ever been in love? <laughs> I have. <laughs> That's great. Yep. Pretty <laughs> good. Great if you said no. <laughs> Um, how did you know that you were in love? 
I just want to spend time with him. I just love spending time with Josh, and um, I didn't get sick or bored of that time. I, I think there was a point, too, that you just were like, oh, yeah, th- this is this could be my life, and I'm happy with this being my life. And so it was looking kind of forward um, and knowing that there would be that we could we would be good together and we would be we would be happy and you know and then there's all the mushy things like I have butterflies in my tummy and I couldn't wait to see him and you know like yeah but I think that's all maybe that's like what people think more about like what how you know you're in love and I think they're yes those are there but it's also this rest for me uh, knowing knowing that he's who I wanted to be with yeah. Was there ever, like, a particular moment that, like, mm. you realized that and really thought about it? Mm-hmm. Or was it, like, a series mm-hmm. of? For me, it was definitely a series of. Um, partly because we we started dating at a time that I always said in life I would never date somebody. It was right before I went to college. We started, like, dating again. And I was like, I'm not going to ever have anybody be- when I go to college. Um, and so I was really reluctant to start that process of kind of dating and and kind of maybe acknowledging those initial feelings so then it was all just kind of a progression from there of letting that happen and then um yeah continuing to to just kind of build um I know Josh would say that we were in a different kind of scene together um for a drama thing and it was just before I went on stage, and I looked over at him and gave him a goofy look and walked on stage, and we started the scene. And he's like, that's when I knew I I was falling in love with you again. Aww. So, Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, and then along with that, have you ever had your heart broken? Mm-hmm. Yep. I have. <laughs> okay. Oh, my goodness. So Josh was my first boyfriend. And then we broke up, and then I dated somebody else, and then we broke up, and then I started dating him again. And so it was this middle, this guy in between that broke my heart. And it wasn't long. Like, in retrospect, it was not a broken heart. It was sad, and it it was hurtful, and it was hard. And so, yeah, it was, but it wasn't But at the really, time, you would have considered oh, totally. it a broken heart. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, can you tell me about your most memorable date story, or, if you don't have one, about your first kiss? My first kiss was on Halloween in a car. I was dropping this person off at their house, and we were looking backwards, and they picked up my chin and, like, turned my head and kissed me, and then got out of the car and left. I was like, (laughs) what the heck just happened? So... I very yeah still were you expecting it no were you dating this person no oh no oh my goodness Mm -hmm. it was like we were getting to like that yeah it was like flirty but that was your first kiss Uh wow and it was josh (laughs) oh (laughs) is this what like sparked you all like dating um i guess let me think how did that happen that was Halloween. He left. And then, yeah, we talked like three days later. See, we didn't go on our first date till after we started dating. So, wow. again, this is like I've, I don't know many kind people of drama, who, like, though. 
who like kissed someone before they even went out like and, on a date yes kissed talked a few days later and was like hey yeah we're kind of gonna go out wow. and then we went on our first date to see that thing you do and I was too nervous to eat anything I was really hungry and we went and saw the movie Josh had on way too much cologne <laughs> and it smelled in our house and then we went to this diner and ate well he ate pancakes and I still didn't eat anything because I was still <laughs> too nervous so wow those are probably the most memorable right there oh my gosh wow okay what does friendship mean to you I think I'm the kind of person who has a few really good friends like I have um a bunch of different acquaintances and friendships but you know I think I'm more of an introvert and it takes me a while to kind of make really strong friendships but that's important to me to to know somebody beyond an acquaintance but like I th- I've said like kind of a true sign of friendship especially as I've I've gotten older and I've moved enough is that it's you can pick up right where you left off so that's like a telltale sign of like true friendship to me is and I think partly it's because I have all these good friends that are now all over the world and I don't see them and I don't talk to them all the time, but I know if I needed them, they'd be here. And, or if I needed to talk, we would talk and it would feel like no time has passed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're my people, mm-hmm. but I do think it is like a, it's an availability and it's a, it's a, a fun spirit. Um, and I do think like, yeah, there's sometimes again, cause we've moved a few times, like there are people that I have the mo- the friendships with them when I'm there, and I know that they were good for that season of life, and when we part ways, we're going to part ways. And that's that's okay and healthy. Um, and then there's some that I'm like, yep, this is one that's going to last. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it took me a while to really figure out that it's okay for friendships mm-hmm. to like kind of... Fizzle. Fizzle, Yeah. And I think for a while, and sometimes even now, like, I really struggle with, like, letting them go, almost, like, out of obligation, because it's almost, like, I, I literally just, like, reached out to someone that I was friends with, like, in early high school, mm-hmm. because they had, like, commented on something on Facebook of mine, and I was like, oh, we should catch up, and I was like, why did I do that? Not because, <laughs> like, I don't want to catch up with them, but just because I was like, I feel like I just do that sometimes out of, like, an obligation to, like, maintain those friendships. When the reality is, like, if I was ever back in, like, that mm-hmm. city, like, I know that we would get yeah. together and I know that it would be the same and it would be fine. But I yeah. think that, like, it's hard to kind of make that switch mm-hmm. in your head. Mm-hmm. And I know I'll crush some people in this, but working with college students, I tell them, like, when you graduate you will look at people and say goodbye for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and that's, like, and because you're kind of sad and emotional at that point, that's a really hard thing to hear. Um, but it's it's just true. Um, and it doesn't diminish the friendship or the relationship or whatever that you had. It just means that, yeah, it was good for that season and it's, and it's going to be done. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So then what does family mean to you? Oh, so I, yeah, I talk about, like, my our family, definitely, mm-hmm. but I also talk about friend family. Um, and so my family means to me, like, the yeah, the people I'm related to, 
my core group of four of us. But then my my parents, Josh's parents, our siblings, their spouses and their kids, um, grandparents. We still all both have grandparents who are alive. So I think like that's that's definitely a semblance of family. But um, we've lived far away from family for different times of life, and so then these friends that are kind of the true friends are the ones that you know were our people and were the ones who brought me soup when I was sick and, you know, helped out when our kids were newborns and, um, that, so I I really have this strong feeling that, um, that I have some friend family that are, that are really important and they're kind of like, you know, my kids called them aunt and uncle, whatever. And, um, and they are, they're people that help us through life. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you believe in soulmates? Not really. I think I did at one point. Really? Oh, yeah. Like naive, young, in love. You know, like, again, like all of those, like, touchy-feely. I knew I was in love and everything was wonderful with Josh. And he was my soulmate. And I couldn't fathom loving anybody differently and all that. And then... I don't know, I guess just over time and and being more comfortable, I think it really is being more comfortable and confident in our relationship that I was like, yeah, you are wonderful and we are wonderful together. And if something happened, there probably would be somebody else wonderful. Um, not the same by any means, but I don't think that there's just one person out there and I don't think there's one ultimate like even if you could fit with lots of people there isn't one like ultimate soulmate yeah yeah okay so what is the most challenging part and the most fulfilling part about being in a relationship or being in relationships you can pick any type I think the most fulfilling part is I was thinking about this this morning as I was walking to work about like what kind of relationships do I have and where are they and whatnot and I was thinking about my dog which is a really this will get somewhere. But like I have this relationship with this this animal. And I have often thought, why did I choose to do this? Like your pain, you I have to take care of you differently. You limit the way we can travel and like all these things. And you're gonna ultimately die and I'm gonna be really sad. Why did I do that? But it's because it's companionship and it's and it's someone to be with and to spend life with even though it's a dog but I I guess that's what I think about the best parts of relationships it's somebody or it's people who can you know be with you and and help you be the best you and in in a very simple sense not be alone and have have affirmation and love and um, those things that we need to survive, kind of. So, yeah, I think it all kind of boils down to why people have pets yeah. <laughs> um, is just to be with somebody and be in community and have some somebody to help you through all the all the stuff of life. I think the hardest is that it's they're complicated. People are complicated, and you know they're all different. So you're constantly figuring out what needs to happen and what what somebody else might need, what do you need from them? Um, I think 
there's a lot of expectation that goes into relationships. And I think that that's just really hard to navigate and can lead to some really hurtful places. So I think the complexity of them and the complexity of people and the, yeah, probably unrealistic expectations of what relationships are and or indoor societally, what we think they should be, just make them really hard to, to navigate and um, probably messy and hurtful along the way, even though they're so good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then what scares you most about love? Kind of losing it, I think. Um, I think there's a part of me that's like, I like to be an independent person, and I'm not in any way, shape, or form because I'm in love. Um, you know, yeah, I I guess it, not any way, shape, or form, but I cannot be fully independent, and mm-hmm. I am interdependent on a person actually probably my kids too like three people like um and again like that's where it's like I get frustrated by that sometimes but then I can't imagine how I would react what I would do what would my life would be like without them and that's scary yeah so then in the end of it what makes love worth it I think it's it it goes yeah back to what relationships are let's having somebody to do all the stuff with the good the stuff and the bad stuff and yeah to do all the stuff with and I think not be not be alone and be able to share share the journey with somebody yeah great okay it is time for first date do's and don'ts so you're gonna give us a first date do and a first date don't okay don't Go somewhere where you can't talk. So don't do something that involves being quiet and watching something. So you can't engage with somebody and get to know who they are. Yes. Yeah. So don't do that. Do do something that allows you to talk but doesn't mm, doesn't have anything that you can talk about. So something it needs a shared experience. Like miniature golfing. You can talk in between that but you're also doing something so you don't have to like keep the conversation going the whole time yeah yeah so. amazing so topic of the week Kristen we are talking about change mm-hmm. in relationships and in ourselves in relationships so normally as most people know I typically let the guests pick their topic and so Kristen can you talk a little bit about um, what made you want to talk about this and what it kind of means to you mm-hmm. yeah um, I think I think change happens all the time. Like I read a book, a really weird book that my advisor gave me in graduate school, and I was cranky about all the changes that were going on in my life. And she gave me this book, and I went back in after the summer having read it, and I'm like, why did I read this book? And it was like the the whole message of the book is the only thing constant is change. And so we are always changing. Relationships are always changing. And again, I think that's what makes them hard is that you have to navigate that change and be true to yourself and be thoughtful to other people um, in the midst of it. And I think we freak out when there's change. Like I said before, like those friendships that you just leave, you sometimes just freak out because there's something changing in life and that that is scary, but, but it's going to happen. Like it's inevitable. And I don't think we deal with it well. And I think and it can ruin relationships sometimes, and it can make them stronger sometimes. So, yeah, 
yeah. all over. Um, I think that is a really interesting thing to think about just because, I mean, I think there are some people who generally, like, do enjoy change, but mm. I feel like for the most part, it's really hard, like, uh-huh. it, whichever way you spin it in whatever capacity when you're, you know, like, when something that you're used to is shifting, that is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I'm particularly interested because you and Josh have been together since high school. Mm-hmm. Which means you've had a lot of change, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So can you maybe start by talking about, um, I'm interested, so you said that you all dated and then you broke up mm-hmm. and then you dated again mm-hmm. and then you like, now you're, I mean, now you're married mm-hmm. you've been married. So can you talk a little bit about like just the progression of your relationship and then we'll kind of talk about like mm-hmm. how you all have changed and shifted through the years and what's that been like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think part of the reason that I thought about this topic too is Josh and I have very openly talked about like if we hadn't changed together we probably wouldn't be together yeah um because we were young and we knew we knew we were young when we started dating and when we got married and it kind of talked about how how will we let ourselves live our lives um together because we knew we wanted to be together so we didn't want to like just not get married because that was going to happen um so how can we be together and allow ourselves to do the things we wanted to do in life and grow and change in that process. Yeah. So Josh transferred into my high school. I saw him at a thing and I was like, oh, he's kind of cute. And then a few weeks later, oh, then we tried out for this play together. He doesn't remember talking to me, but I remember sitting and talking to him. (laughs) And then we met at a birthday party a few weeks later and just started talking and talked for a long time and then talked on the phone for a long time and then started dating and then we dated for not very long like a month and then we broke up um but stayed really good friends so we yeah we still hung out we did a lot of what we were doing when we were dating we just weren't kissing (laughs) really yeah and then maybe you asked me earlier, have I ever had heartbreak? So, yeah, I was really disappointed when we stopped dating, but it was like a really good breakup. Like, we still had this relationship, and it was, you know, different but good. Yeah, then then Josh started dating somebody else, and that was actually harder. That felt like when I was really broken up with because yeah. that changed that. So, yeah, so that was that was heartache. Yeah, so then we were just friends for a long time. And we both dated other people, and then it just kind of shifted again. Um, and again, so I guess change, you know, I knew going to college was going to be different and challenging, and so, and in a place that I was going to, I don't know, find myself and meet new people and all that. And so I didn't want to start dating. Like Josh asked if we wanted to start dating August? August right before I went to college. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> but we will, like, we can see each other or something along those lines. I use some semantical language to not totally commit, but be like, okay, we'll, like, we'll try this out. And then we were just spending a ton of time together, and I was being stupid. But I think, so yeah, I agreed with it. And, and that was hard because I was changing, and I was in this different place, and he was still in the same place just without me and so that was sad he was kind of done with there wanted to move on to something different and I was doing this new and different thing and 
and growing and changing. And yeah, so we had to figure out how to navigate kind of one of us being in a new and exciting place and one of us being in a place they don't want to be anymore. So I'm thinking about, so we work with college students Mm -hmm. and from the very beginning of your freshman year to the very end of your freshman year already is just a ton of change. Mm -hmm. So yeah, well, I mean, what was that like for you guys? Mm -hmm. And I actually, that was, that was some change, but it, it wasn't the big change. The big change for us, I think, and how how we thought and what we believed really is, you know, and I think when we talked about like how have we changed, it was kind of how has our faith grown and changed and how have our views of the world kind of about like really power and privilege and understanding kind of our place in, in the world and society, that all happened after college oh, for wow. us. Okay. And so, yeah, we changed and, and grew and like, in confidence and, you know, like all those kind of things, but kind of, um, we were both challenged differently, um, when I was in graduate school. When did you all get married? After I graduated, after I graduated from college and Josh still had a year and then two years because he was a fifth year senior. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So yeah, talk about, um, some of these big changes. I mean, Mm -hmm. did you ever at any point feel like you were, growing like in different directions Mm -hmm. with any of that stuff yeah I think I think we've taken turns on who's leading that growth and change so I was kind of doing some you know like meeting different people and studying different things in graduate school and I was just like oh my gosh like I thought I understood the world and my place in it and I don't get this at all and and so you know, I think it was me having that experience and understanding and, and talking about it that then led him to have some of those same kind of thoughts and conversations. And so, yeah, so I think we both kind of grew, grew there. Um, and it was kind of, I think I was quicker to say, here's how it, it differs in this change. I'm quicker to be like, mm, this just doesn't make sense to me. I believe this. I'm going to believe this. Josh is an analytical brain that needs to understand the why. I don't need to always understand the why. I just need to know this is what I think. This is what I believe, and I'm here. Um, And he, you know, there are times that I think we were, he needed to, like, do research and read books and all these things to, like, reconcile in himself how he has changed and what he's he's doing differently. Um, And so I think for a time that process just goes a lot faster for me because – I don't care care about the, the the other stuff sometimes that he does and that he needs to go through to get to a place where he understands. Yeah. So. So yeah, we were definitely kind of like different paths, I think probably. And then there yeah, then that that has shifted and changed and there's been times that Josh is experiencing new different things and then I kind of like and listening and learning and going along. Yeah. Um, what, if any, do you feel like are, like, the biggest areas that people change in throughout, mm-hmm. like, their lives? Mm-hmm. That, I guess, would... Would um, affect relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think identity, like, who you are and how you carry yourself, like, confidence, identity, um, worldview, faith, all of those. And those are ones that I think as you explore those and understand those, that especially like I think about college students going home, like their mom and dad 
or family, whoever they, they've spent 18 plus years with, think they're this way. And then you kind of feel like time stands still for that person when they're not there, but they really are doing all these different things and figuring things out about themselves. And then they come back and they're different. And um, you need to figure out the person who's different needs to figure out how to explain that. The, the people who who think you're one way need to understand how you're different and take the time to know that. Um, that doesn't, doesn't always happen. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think that when you were talking, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about family Mm -hmm. and like when you were mentioning, you know, like college students Mm -hmm. and how they change and Mm -hmm. how with like the people that you left back home, Mm -hmm. it's almost like they remember you as this person Mm -hmm. because they're not watching you change Mm -hmm. actively. It's just like you come home and you act kind of different sometimes or like in some ways revert back. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be really weird and really hard. So I guess in the context of those relationships, like, I mean, what advice would you give to both, like, the person who feels like they're changing, but also the people who, like, aren't used to, like, this different person that they kind of, like, don't know anymore? Mm -hmm. I think try to have open communication. Like, I think I tell tell college parents, like, your kid's going to change. Be ready for it. And I tell kids, you're going to change. Be able to talk to your parents about it. Like... Um, if you can anticipate some of that and set an expectation that this is going to look different. But I don't think I don't think you know to do that unless somebody like me is standing in front of you and saying, this is going to happen. <laughs> Talk yeah. about it. I, you know, I think the, the like the nice answer is, well, just sit down and, and tell people how you feel and who you are. <laughs> and I don't I don't think that's reality. I think sometimes that happens. I know for for me, there's just there's relationships that I I knowingly do not tell people how I've changed because I just know it's going to get in the way of what we have and and they don't need to know all those things for the relationship that we have for them to be meaningful in my life and I'm me to be meaningful in theirs um they don't need to know all of me Mm -hmm. um and so there's some different times that I've chosen just not to not to tell people and just know like hey this is going to be different and and I know kind of what place that relationship holds in my life, and, and that's okay. Yeah. But some others is just too important to not be all all the way in and not be all the way yourself. And, um, yeah, and, and those are sometimes really hard and tearful, and sometimes those are just really fine and natural. Yeah. So, um, so this is a question that, I mean – it could be for people who are married, but I'm really thinking about people who are maybe dating or getting married or even in the context of friendships. Mm-hmm. How do you or when do you decide that the changes are too much? Mm-hmm. Like, because I feel like there's a different kind of commitment maybe in marriage mm-hmm. um, that isn't necessarily there in like a relationship or a friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like what, how do you, how do you decide like okay the person that I started out with is really different than the person that I'm with now and how do you know when to like stick it out and when to like also change or when to accept that change versus when to walk away um I think it it kind of comes back to core values and beliefs so if that person you know I think if we're looking at like a marriage context 
probably before you got married, you had similar core beliefs in like, what are your beliefs about religion? What are your beliefs about family? What are your beliefs about um, caring for people? What are your beliefs about how you use your money? What are, you know, like those kind of like, these are fundamental, um, fundamental beliefs. And I think when, when somebody has changed and those beliefs differ, um, significantly is when I think, I think the change has been too much. And if they haven't happened together, um, because you can't, you can't, if you don't want to change those core beliefs, you're not going to change them. Um, and you can't expect somebody else who has come to a different place to change them for you. I think you, that if you want, you've got to want to. So, so in those core beliefs, if you want to change to kind of try to stay with somebody, then do it. But if, if you haven't and they have, and you're in just very different places, you can try to stick it out, but you're just not going to be happy. I don't think, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Do you think those core values and beliefs are things that, do you think they ever like stop changing or slow down? I think they slow down. I think they crystallize into more and more of uh, a distinct idea. So no, you're right. Like they were always going to keep changing and tweaking and growing, but I think, I think they come become more, more and more refined. So what I really care about in life is how I treat people and how, how I love people and how I kind of, eh, mm. I mean, I guess, cause I'm wondering like, so I'm 24 yeah, and I feel like from the time that I was, I don't know, like 18 to now, I feel like I have lived multiple lives because I just, mm-hmm. I feel like the change is so rapid. And so, I mean, college itself is like an incubator for change. Yeah. Like, yeah every year I feel like I felt like a different person and even now like a year ago I I don't feel like I was the same person as I am now and I guess I just wonder if there is ever a point when that kind of chills out a little bit and not that I would like never stop learning but I guess maybe like right now um the changes and the shifts feel very big probably because like I grew up with one thing and like the the time that I'm in in my life right now and I think the time that a lot of my like peers are in right now is like we're like just kind of now on our own for the first time and really starting to like question all of these big mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. but if you're not like having these giant changes like these big moves and shifts mm-hmm. in like where you're living and who you're living with and how you're living then I guess I wonder if there's even like a need for like all of this rapid change and so I guess I'm just yeah like and I mean it kind of of sounded like you were maybe I guess if we're talking about like religion maybe the core of what I believe doesn't ever change like if I say that I believe in God maybe that never changes but like who I think God is and how I think that impacts my life and who I think I am in light of that and like what I choose to do with these things like my money and my time and whatever maybe all those things continue to change but if the core belief of like I believe in God is still there, then maybe it is like, yep, something that can be like talked through or mm-hmm. like, I don't know, processed with yeah. with another person. Yeah, and, and that's the perfect example. And I would say if there's, that's that's the biggest change that that I've experienced in life and, um, in kind of this core of who I am. Like, I have 
these things instilled in me from, you know, growing up that are pretty, you know, have a strong work ethic. That's really probably not going to change. Um, and if I was married to somebody who didn't have a strong work ethic, I'd really have a hard time with that. Um, or if Josh just suddenly just sat on the couch for a long time, I'd probably be like, mm, I don't know if I can stay with you. Um, but, but yeah, like the core of, you know, I think, um, I thought, I thought I had all these things figured out about my faith and my, my belief structure. And that the more that I kind of lived life, I was like, Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, I don't know about that. And it, and like I said, it just whittled down to this nugget of, I believe in God and I believe that I'm supposed to love people the way Jesus loves people. And that's about all I know. Yeah. Um, and I think, at least for me, too, like a lot of those questions and the, well, what if this, what if this, it, it doesn't matter as long as I have this nugget of, like, the core of something, the questions are still going to all be there. Um, you know, I think that's I think that's with love, too. Like, as long as in the core, I know that there's, that I, I love this person, I'm going to be with them. I, all the other questions about what, you know, what are we going to be like in, in 10 years? Can I put live with this little thing? Or I'm not 100% sure about this part of our compatibility, but there's still this core of, you know, they're the person that makes me happy and um, and makes me feel like they I live my, my best life and am my best person with them. Mm. Yeah. Those other things don't matter. And I think that's what part of um yeah so part of slowing down and that change changing is also caring less about some of the things that maybe I care about I cared about and were changing yeah 20 years ago yeah Hmm. I guess I think that's where the whole um language around choosing to love someone Mm. comes in Mm -hmm. because like if if there are all of these if this person that you're with is changing and maybe it's not like the core, core beliefs, mm-hmm. but maybe it is like mm-hmm. you start to feel like, oh, I guess we like don't really have this thing in common. Mm-hmm. Like I thought we did or like we used to um, like making like the choice. Well, like it doesn't really matter because I'm still going to, mm-hmm. you know, like love and care for them. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, so maybe kind of moving to like a more tangible kind of sense. How do you support someone when they're changing? So um in like a very literal sense so like let's say your friend or your partner or whoever just got like a new job and they're like learning all of these new things and trying to like you know like fit into a new culture and and learn a new task and maybe you're not going through any Mm -hmm. of this but like they're you know like changes is hard in general like Mm -hmm. how do you support someone I think try to be as stable as possible. So if all that change is happening somewhere else, you don't want to also be changing. And you don't want to be burdening kind of their brain, you know, with with more unknown. Because that's what's scary about change is the unknown. So yeah. if you can stay consistent in what you are, and I think what's hard about change too, when somebody is swirling around, you get wrapped up into the swirling. And so to not get wrapped up in the... I don't know this or this or that um, with them and just be consistently who they who they have who they need um, and who you have been and so they don't have to have some energy kind of invested in the well what what is why are they changing and why is this happening Um, 
Yeah, and be consistent and be something that they can expect to be normal Mm -hmm. when there's no other normal anymore in what they're experiencing outside work. Yeah. So kind of along with that, how do you deal with change together? So like moving and if you're both moving and accepting new jobs or Mm -hmm. kids, that's a huge change (laughs) going from not having kids to having, you know, like other human beings to take care of. Yeah. How do you, because, okay, because what I'm thinking is like, I know that every time I move somewhere new Mm -hmm. and every time I'm uprooted from my community and every time I have to learn a new job and Mm -hmm. figure out my place in the world, like my, like who I am and how I act, like my behavior changes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. not for like forever, but like until I feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So like I might be like a lot more withdrawn or Mm -hmm. I might be a little more Mm -hmm. sensitive Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like, how do you do that with another person? I I think part of it is that's your normal like that. And that's been, you know, in we've done a couple cross country moves and completely left community. um, And I think one is the outlook. Like you have to look at and be like, this is an exciting new thing for us to do. And you can't kind of be dreading it. And when you think of like, oh, this is an exciting new place for us to be and us to um, explore together and and, you know, kind of learn that sets a tone that's different but um but yeah it goes I guess it goes back to the last question like the consistency is we are together and the consistency is and we might be in a different place we might not have friends yet but I I know you we can go do things together I'm not you're not doing something on your own and I think sometimes those big definitely those big things push you to rely on each other in a um yeah, in a really kind of distinct way because that's all you have for a bit. Um, and it's just relieving because, again, when you go somewhere new and you're changing, like, you have to figure out who you are in this place, and and it's it's pretty exhausting. So to be able to go back to another person and still be with a person but not have to worry about what you say or what you um, – what you do because you worry about that all the time when you're in a new place is just, it's really refreshing. Um, and, and you know that you can co- go back to that and it's, um, it's like a warm blanket. Yeah. Just going to cuddle up. <laughs> I love that. It's amazing. Okay. Is there anything else that you want to say on the topic of change? That <laughs> this is kind of, maybe it's just a really random thought, but the other, you know, kind of thing that, it goes back to like a partner and maybe choosing to love them or whatnot. There's a couple of things that Josh and I have gone round and round on. Like, like he does not put things in his calendar and it drives me crazy. And I'm like, Hey, it's not in your calendar. Oh, I didn't know that it wasn't in your calendar. Like we have the same thing. And he looked at me one day and he's like, am I ever going to change? Like, am I ever going to learn this? Is like, you have told me this. I have accepted it. I've tried, but I, is it ever going to happen? I, I look back and I was like, I don't think so. Like, mm. and so I, I think that was, it's a really kind of silly example, but it felt pretty profound in ways to be like, you know, there, this is something that for whatever reason is just, it's just the way that you're wired. And I think I have to let go of some of that because it's, it might not change, even though he's trying and, I'm communicating and all those things. And that's, I think, a, a way of, a way of honoring and loving each other is just be like, okay, I, 
I'm going to try to accept this part of you. It might still drive me crazy sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, the other, um, the other thing I think about being new in a place and kind of that, that big change. Um, and I don't, I don't, it's just been very nice kind of coincidence for, for both of us is that we've talked about when we've been in, when we've been in these new places and, you know, like it, it's just overwhelming and it's hard. Um, we've taken these, like these turns and being overwhelming or overwhelmed and in a, in a rough place. Mm. And it's always been like, I had, I'm, I'm in this place where I'm like, I, I can't and I don't have friends and this is bad. And he's in a really positive place at those times. And then like two days later we'll swap and I'll be fine. And he'll, he won't be and um, and, and we've joked about like, oh, it's really like, what if we were both in those bad places together? That would be really hard. Um, and I do, and I don't know if that's like us kind of knowing we need to kind of muster up and be strong for the other person because they're not, they're not doing well, or if it's just been a happy coincidence. But I do think in those, those times, especially when you're both going through something that's so hard and different that you kind of go back and forth and who's gonna, who's gonna kind of carry you both at a certain point. Yeah. 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 Great, Kristen. Thank you so much. You're um, okay, so it is time for the relation tip of the week. This is just your parting words of wisdom to the listeners. Um, it doesn't have to be about the topic, but it can be. Mm-hmm. Have fun. Mm. I think, especially when you're in any kind of relationship for a long time, it can just get normal, and you can not be lighthearted and fun. But I think fun goes so far in in making you happy with a friendship or a romantic relationship or anything and so it can just be mundane so you gotta almost remind yourself to have fun which feels again like early in my relationship I'd be like I'm always gonna have fun we're always gonna do this we're always and I'm like mm. yeah it, it's a it's an effort sometimes but you gotta put in the effort to have fun because it helps yeah for sure well great amazing Kristen thank you again so much for being on the show you're welcome All right, everyone, as always, if you have a question or a comment for the podcast, you can go to www.ithinkthisislove.com, click on the podcast page, and drop me a line. So, we will chat next time.